Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following program was specially transcribed earlier for your enjoyment at this time. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. This is the fourth of a series of unusual dramatic stories written and directed by Willis Cooper and featuring Ernest Chappell. Today's story is called The Ticket Taker. I don't know where I am now. I've been wandering around for so long, I don't know where I am all by myself. Nobody seems to know me at all. Only thing I know for sure is one of these days I'll run into him, and then it'll all be over. I keep listening for him every place I go. I keep listening for that jingling, the shuffling footsteps, and that flying voice. And I know I won't be ready for him when I do hear him. You know, you're never ready for the guy with the bad news. And he is bad news. I thought I heard something knocking at the door. Did you hear it? Listen. Wait a minute, I have to be sure. Don't find me. I'm always listening for him. You ever do that? Well, you know that. You get to hearing a lot of things. Mostly things you don't want to hear. Doc used to talk about hearing things at night. Doc was a Scotchman. He used to say, Scotchman could hear things at night that other people couldn't. That guy could tell you stories that make your hair curl. I wish I hadn't listened to so many of them. There was a thing he used to say... I can't do that Scotch dialect. 
It was about witches and warlocks and things that gangs bump in the neck. Things that gangs bump in the neck. I got my share of them, brother. I listened for them. Got in Ruby and me. Sitting in that room in that house on Taylor Street in Chicago. Sitting there all day long with the window shades down and $22,418 there on the table. Sitting there all night long with one of us always awake with a rifle, leaning against the window. I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and the Ruby counting the money again. And the little red glow that came in the window from the neon light in the saloon across the street. Hospital with a row of bullet holes across his belly you could see through. 
And if Frank Boyd never find out who did it, somebody's going to die the hard way. I was glad to come back to the yard to cut off his plans. Everybody knows Dee Brandis is Frank's worst enemy. Dee shot off his mouth a lot of times about making Undertaker bait out of Frank. Dee oughtn't to drink so much. So what happens? Frank gets the roll of 45 caliber kisses across his front porch, and boom, everybody's hollering for Dee even the cops go for it. And before you can say Yoxie Marsh, Dee's in the camp, Frankie's boys are looping and polishing cannons for Dee when he gets out. Oh, yes, he'll get out. Oh, yeah. Nobody can prove anything except he was Frank's worst enemy. And that's bad, especially when nobody saw Frank get embroidered. And all the time we're sitting in this room on Taylor Street with the shades down, and nobody knows we're in town. And we've got $22,418 on the table. All we got to do is wait. Wait till the cops cross the TV up. Wait till the Lugans from back of the yard catch up with Dee and give them that old Chicago farewell. We didn't even know Frank Gaston. Old lady that sells flowers with the big fat finger on him for funny how flowers and lot killers get mixed up together in Chicago, ain't it? Remember Dini O'Banion? Had that flower shop across from Holy Lane? They moved him down among the two trees a long time ago. And here's Frank Gaston got flowers from Dini Anyway, you see, it's a sweet deal. If we can hold out till Dini gets paid off, there's something he didn't do. The rumors will be satisfied, and they'll put the artillery away and figure it to be. And Ruby and Doc and me will take the very, very first powder for that 22,418 bucks, and everybody will be happy. The guys just paid us for the job, the cops. Frankie's mom and us, we'll be happy. He could turn us into a banana. The door busted open. Hey, I got this for you. You come off the first of getting that slug right through your strap or tightening my door, you do. Shut the door, you jerk. Look at the circle. Let's see.
losing that money pretty soon now. Pretty sure it won't be just pieces of colored paper. It'll be money again. Money to turn into grapes and good time. Count the money, Ruby. While we read how they found Dee Dee Brandy's under a tree in front of the jeweler's house out on the north side, in Dee Dee's blood was what turned it into money again. Guns of the ghastly mob talk awful loud. And while the ladies are still a good escape, now that Dee's on his back in the cold room, we still have to remember the boys that got the money up. One crack in a Wabash Avenue cabin. It could be our turn, too. So, like Doc says, we'll be seeing the people and the DPC. We got a blow, but we got to take it easy. And if I had to see Chicago, then I'd be So we cut the cards to see who goes first. Who would have cut it? Jack of Diamonds. Oh, gosh, please. And who do you think is going to go first? Jack and I look at each other, and Ruby doesn't see us. Ruby can go first. Ruby can be the easier beaver. Ruby can be the beaver. Hmm? Well, I don't mind waiting another day or two. Will he make the grade? All right, if he doesn't. Oh, you see what I mean. So now it's night, and Ruby counted the money for the last time, and we stood it three ways and matched the extra for dollars so it didn't come out even. Then Ruby won, and he felt fine. <laughs> It was nine o'clock before the doctor. When it was ten o'clock, there were still people walking around the street. And it was eleven. And midnight on the top of the walk past. And it was two o'clock in the morning when we opened the door and started downstairs. It's still all crazy. Wasn't very smart of us, I suppose, and we figured how we stood out there in that old house so long just to be sure we'd get away alive. But talking makes people talky sometimes. We figured we needed some air. It wouldn't be right to let a pal walk out alone. Besides, it was only over to the Garfield Park L station at Halstead Street for Doc and me. Ruby was going to take the L there and ride out to Cicero Avenue and then grab a streetcar south of the airport. I'll get off a couple of blocks this time of the airport so I can... Kind of, uh, case of case of the 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 Something nobody asked me about this man. I ain't never been there. Then he talked so much, Mr. Masterson. I'm happy, Jack. Yeah? Uh, tell us about that in New York, lad. What's the name of Like half a block away from the second one, Dr. Lamar. And then 
sound in the thick city night with a lonesome whistle of an egg Trying to listen out the bridge three miles away. Quite a while before we went up to the room. I'm not yellow. 
and ducked. But neither one of us wanted to be the first one to go in the room. We finally went in. We crawled down the hallway on our hands and knees. I reached up in the dark and unlocked the door. And we stayed down on the floor so as not to make a good target. We didn't need to go through all that routine. There wasn't anybody in the room. We didn't sleep. Doc stepped by the window with a sawed-off shotgun. After a while, he said, If that was sitting that thing on the river, that was awful well done, Ernie. I didn't see anybody around. Thank <laughs> God, he didn't see anybody around. And the old lady put the finger on him for us. We got the news from the papers. We heard the kids down the street holler an extra. Doc and I looked at each other without saying anything. You know what we thought. We thought the headlines would be something like Gaffney Mob Blast Gunman. With Ruby's picture on the front page. That wasn't the headline, though. The big story was about an airliner that crashed on the takeoff at Municipal Airport at 410. Everybody on board was killed. And the name at the head of the passenger list was J.P. Masterson of Des Moines, Iowa. Did you hear somebody walking? Listen to me. Well, I've got to hear this now. I'm all alone after everything has happened. I hear things all the time. Well, sure, I'm alone. No, Justice. Didn't I tell you about Jock? I was talking about Ruby in the plane today. Look, uh, about Jock. Jock and I decided the old ticket taker wasn't one of the guests. He couldn't be. How could a crazy old man have anything to do with an airplane crash? It's impossible, isn't it? Well, who was he? Well, what does that ticket that Ruby have? I was sworn that we didn't have any ticket except a plane ticket. We each had plane tickets. That was part of the deal, you see. All we had to do was call up and make our reservations whenever we wanted to get out of town. That's all the tickets we had. Doc and I got to talking about that a couple of days later. Well, I didn't tell who the old man was, not what he had to do with at all. But that wasn't enough for me, Annie. What are you going to do? Look, Larry. The police said it didn't cost me anything, you see. And regardless of whether the old ticket man had anything to do with it, I'm not going to ride on no airplane for nobody. Yes, but what are you... I'm going to take a bus to New York. Bus? Yes, I. Bus. I'll think myself a few dollars. This was only one minute. Nobody ever heard of a bus cracking up in the fire. And when I get to New York, I'll catch an airplane ticket, and I'll get a few more dollars a week. You come and go with me. No, I was going to take the train. Listen, Ernie. I didn't tell whether Frank Gaffney's lads are on to us or not. But when they are, they'd be more likely to hang about the railway station than about the bus terminal. You see? Think you got something there, Jock? Oh, you have. And another thing, Ernie. There'll be no nonsense to book tickets on a bus, too. I wish I knew what that old guy... Forget the old guy. I wish I could forget him. I wish I could forget him right now. Who is he? What are those tickets? 
Let me tell you about Doc and me. We went down to the bus terminal. There was a bus for New York at 8.30. I remember what I did. I gave Doc all of my share of the money and stuff, a couple of hundred dollars. We were going to be together on the bus, and he had the money belt. I wish I had some of that bill right now. I could use it, I guess. Well, we're standing around the bus station down on Wabash Avenue waiting for the fellow to call ours. We were standing there just waiting and listening. And all of a sudden, there was one of those silences. And I heard something. He's one of the gasoline mobs. Oh, man, we're talking about. Where is he? He 
There's your something, bud. Shoot your holes in the brick wall. He was right here. There ain't nobody there. Give me that gun. He's got away. Listen, cop. I'll have the gun, bud. All right, you people, move on. Come on, bud. It's 30 days for shooting off guns in public places. Why, you might have hurt somebody. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.